Okay, so today we're talking about the question of, is love only a feeling? And I think, I mean, this sort of poses the question of, all right, well, obviously love is a feeling. You you feel love whenever you're experiencing it. But I think it's as opposed to love being like a larger force, something that sort of makes free will less of a thing and you're you're being controlled by this by this larger force that is something you can't control because whenever you're in love with somebody um it makes you do things and everybody always says oh love is blind you're not going to really perceive the the situation with a clear mind because whenever you love somebody you're viewing them as sort of somebody who can't really do any wrong in some ways well i think um many people would describe love in many different ways though i think a lot of people could agree that it's a very strong force it's a strong feeling or emotion or however you would describe it and then there's the line between love and obsession because um i mean if it if it stops being a, a pure love that is that is kind and that is that is gentle and all of those other traits that are that are said to to be love, you know. But uh, I mean, I think obsession is whenever you become manipulative and you're you're not letting you're not letting the other person be who they really are and it sort of becomes a possession thing you're you're trying to control their life and you're not you're not loving them for who they are unconditionally a lot of people i think can begin to use love as a as like a drug and you know that it feels good and it makes you feel um safe and complete and uh you use that to kind of protect yourself in your life, maybe from things that you don't like as much. And it drives away other pain. Um, and, and in that, when it turns to obsession and possession, you begin to um, deny the negatives that might be present in a relationship just because you are you're maybe abusing it um, emotionally uh, or mentally. And yeah, and I mean, for me, it's like I never want to end a relationship, even if there's negative things going on, because I <clears throat> I just obsess over everything that I could be losing if I was to end it. You know, and there's many different types of obsession within relationships. There's the obsession of the ongoing relationship and there's the um, really, really painful, I think, obsession of the post-relationship as well. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, and that brings in nostalgia and romanticizing because there's not really much else you can do with with memories of the past, whenever a relationship has already ended, you're just going to be thinking about 
the times that you had with them. And you're going to also be thinking about the fact that you don't have that person anymore. And it's, it is terribly painful. And I mean, whenever all you have is your memories with that person, if you, if you don't keep in touch with them anymore, like if you broke up and say you haven't talked and you haven't spoken to them or seen them in months, everything that you are thinking of them and that relationship is based upon memories that you had with that person. And with the whole aspect of romanticizing the past, it's, there's nothing to say that your memory of those experiences are exactly how it was because it was just your perception. And then also over time, you're going to be thinking, you're most likely going to be thinking of only the positive aspects of the relationship and it's going to make the heartbreak worse because you're not taking everything into account you're just thinking about all the things that you miss about that person and you're going to be thinking about how much it sucks that they're not in your life anymore because you love that person and I mean with me it's like yeah I definitely do still love that person but the person that I'm thinking about isn't somebody that I see every day and I know currently it's it's like somebody that I did know very well and it's completely based on memories now I just think about all the times that we did have together and what I loved about those experiences and I really do miss it but I mean I don't really know that person anymore so saying that I still love them is sort of a a weird concept because I haven't seen them in months. I just, I love who they were and it, there's nothing to say that they are, they're even that same person anymore. Well, you know, I, I read a thing not too long ago that described um, memories as uh, memories as being almost, um, if not the same, a physical force as a person. So when you have a memory of a person, it really does feel like they're still, um, they still carry a weight in your life, I think. Um, yeah. And uh, I think when you remember a past relationship, you remember all the feelings that it gave you. So I think, you know, if you're doing things like laughing with them and having good times and you were happy, that was joyous. Um, obviously sex very powerful you know that's really mm -hmm. going to create a bond between you and uh when that is separated it um biologically makes you feel um incomplete it makes you feel um like uh kind of outcasted i guess well, i mean whenever you're with that person you sort of you view the two of you as one whole and it's like it's always oh i'm ha i'm only half of a person and they complete me whenever that person's gone you're probably going to continue to view yourself that way and whenever they're gone you don't feel whole and i mean it's it leaves you wondering oh when am i going to feel whole again and for most people honestly like i think they just jump into another relationship or they a lot of people seem to be able to, a lot of people um, recommend that. And a lot of people seem to be able to jump into another relationship. Um, I just think that's such a bad idea. 
You know, I, I can't say if I agree with it or not because I, I don't think I really have um, too much experience with that. But I think um, a lot of people say it does help because once you... I think I think it helps as a distraction. But like we talked about in our last episode, it's like that pain, I think, needs to be felt. I think it is important to feel the pain because that in turn can help you grow as a person in terms of... Um, experience and and knowledge about relationships you know you want to coming away from a relationship maybe even if it was really toxic you at least want to um know that you can you could have learned something and you're a more experienced person going into a different thing i really have learned a lot the past few months just sort of recognizing recognizing the pain that I'm feeling, uh, like accepting it and sort of choosing to feel it and like whether or not I end up with the same person again. Um, I mean, it's just acknowledging that you love somebody and choosing to sort of choosing to not try and run away from that and like acknowledging every single day. Yes. I still love them. Yes. I still feel the same way, but like not really trying to get back with them. It, it really changes your way of thinking. Cause it's like you, you know something to be true. And while you would rather be with them, it's like, just because I'm not with them, that doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. And like it, it teaches you a lot about yourself and what you value outside of romantic love. I feel like uh, a lot of fantasies, you, you do entertain the idea of being with that person again. I think in a lot of relationships, it is possible. And a lot of people do get back together. Um, and, you know, I, I have experience with that. Where you get back with the person because obviously um, that quells the raw pain. Um, but is it a good idea? Very rarely. I mean, it's like it's it's what you desire so strongly. I mean, I'd say for the first couple months, I didn't think about anything except that. I was like, okay, what can I do to make this happen again? You know, like what can I do personally to to get to the point where we can be together again? Because it's you're the only person that I want. This is all that I want in life right now. But then I sort of came to a point where I was like look, if it is a possibility in the future, that'd be awesome. And I'm sure I'll be down for it. But I think I should find what makes me happy outside of romantic love. Because I think that was the entire point. Whenever we were in a relationship, I wasn't, I wasn't the best I could be. And I wasn't being the, I wasn't being the perfect partner because I wasn't happy individually. And I think if I'm ever going to be the partner that I know that I can be, I need to be happy by myself and not be longing for others. I think I should have, I should, you know, acknowledge that I have everything within me that I need to be a good person, to be happy and fulfilled. I don't need another person. Well, yeah, I think it's really important, um, you know, to, to be happy with yourself before you, you try and share that with another person or attract another person with that. 
um, because you definitely don't want a relationship which um, deals with one partner always kind of uh, having to soothe the other person's soul. Um, and, and, and getting back together with the the same person, it's. I mean, I think I think in many cases it, it really does work. Obviously, in just as many, it's like, oh, these are all the reasons why we broke up in the first place, and now they're a problem again. And that shows that in your time apart, those people didn't work on the things that they should have been working on. I think if partners um, in in the relationship and they think about it a lot and then they, they get back together and they are more vocal. Obviously, you know, you need to be, um, you need to be communicative in a relationship for it to, to really work. And if you talk about the problems that were happening, you know, and, and I think a lot of people can move through that. Um, you know, I've tried that and it didn't work. You know? Well, yeah, I mean like whenever you, whenever you break up with somebody and you recognize the problems that drove you to your end, and you spend all your time just obsessing over it and you're so upset about the things that the things that didn't work. I mean, unless you get better at those things individually, say your problem in the relationship was communication, it shouldn't be your your process after the breakup shouldn't be oh, how should I have communicated to that person better and like always be thinking about the relationship? I think you should take it to an individual standpoint and be like, okay, if I wasn't communicating effectively in that relationship, how do I become better as a communicator in general to all people? I think um, that can get into the the question of um, there's kind of belief um that there's like there might be a perfect one for you or several people that would be perfect in relationship with you but i think first you need to have these experiences where you learn about relationships um and also understand that in many times when relationships don't work out um both partners have um aspects of themselves that were negative towards the relationship that they maybe didn't even know about because the relationship was uncommunicative and the other partner didn't express to them that they didn't enjoy that aspect um and if nothing is ever worked on then obviously those things just are bottled up and stewed you know and i think in a lot of ways uh, if you think about two partners in a relationship being one being whole you can uh, compare that to the individual person one person you know if you bottle up your own emotions um and you don't express them to other people or address them within yourself then they're only going to fester. And I think a relationship is a, is a bigger metaphor for that. Well, yeah, I mean, I've heard that in a relationship you, should, you shouldn't be dependent on the other person and you also shouldn't be completely independent. It's sort of like this intradependence that you find. It's like a healthy middle because you can't be, you can't be completely dependent on another person because that's not how the individual works. And you shouldn't be completely independent because... If you aren't working together with that person, like if you are completely independent, it's like sort of why are you in the relationship in the first place? It's you let the other person live their life and you don't try to manipulate them. You don't try to control them, but you just love them while you're also letting them do their thing and you coexist together. 
as two individuals, you know, it's, I don't know, it's a very interesting... Well, it's definitely like a dance, you know. I mean, I, I think um, we're quite young and I've read and heard about people in older relationships, you know, um, maybe just in their 30s, where relationships can work really well if... Because obviously a lot of partners spend a lot of time together, but relationships can work really well if you really give the other person space. Um, and when you do see them again, you're like, obviously I love this person, this is great, um, but I really enjoy spending my time alone or, or away from this person. Um, because you've got to remember that the individual is, is the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, it just has so much to do with trust and loyalty trusting that the other person isn't going to for one they aren't going to um get tired of you they aren't going to cheat on you and some time apart or like not talking for a few hours you need to trust that that's not going to change anything in the relationship and whenever you come back together or hang out after not seeing each other for a day or two, that you're going to come back and it's going to be just as strong as it was before. And that's just about trust. It's about confidence, I'd say. I think especially um, when people are so young and they have matured to the age where they are dealing with all these sorts of new things and new problems in life, but they don't have the means to adequately kind of resolve them with themselves, then definitely they, they really depend on their partner um, to, again, give them that uh, reassurance and give them that love that can block out um, the uncertainty of, of a young person's life. And so a lot of the time you will be, uh, if you don't see the person, a lot of time you, you will be texting the person every day. Um, and there's that anxiety, like whenever you aren't hearing from them, it's like, oh, are they not responding to me because there's something wrong? Or are they just doing something and, like, they just don't have the time to respond? It's it's so much of, like... Definitely an unhealthy anxiety of all time. But it's so common, you know? I feel like yeah. most, most people experience that, and that's why even if you do trust them, you don't really necessarily think that they're going to cheat on you or, like, do anything that you wouldn't be okay with. It's like... Those things are, are definitely on your mind, but I think what we're talking about is a, is a very modern thing. When my parents uh, dated back in the 80s, the early 80s, they dated for two years and um, they saw each other one day a week and they called each other one day a week. You know? Really? Yeah. You could write them a letter if you wanted to, and they did, snail mail, but... Um, with, with instant communication, you know, we're always in each other's faces, really. And people, I think a lot of times people don't have time to think, but some people are really successful in that kind of uh, stranglehold of, of, of emotion and love. But if it's true love, then then that can be good, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I think this all plays into the love versus obsession thing because, I mean, like, even if you do love that person completely, if you start 
obsessing over where they are every second and you need to see them every single day. You need to always be with them or you're just going to like feel unsettled. I mean, I just think that is more along the lines of obsession than what love should be. And there's so much to say about what love should be. But depends, I th- depends but I think you're asking. But I think love should be a healthy relationship where you're coexisting. There's interdependence. And I think it's more along the lines of obsession whenever you can't let them you can't let them live their lives. I think um you know monogamy is uh, and in terms of time it's it's a relatively new phenomenon within uh, humans and uh, well not everyone is, is always desiring to, to be with other people to be sexual with other people to be in, in relationships with other people it can really uh, it can really be difficult to try and uh, focus all your time and energy on one person and, and I think early on in relationships you realize that you're kind of like well I don't really feel comfortable with the way that this person acts sometimes when they do this thing or I don't really like that but a lot of the time even if you're <clears throat> communicative you can either be communicative about some things and maybe they'll stop doing them but I think a lot of the time they do those things because it's in their nature and when you're early in a relationship, um, you know, and you're having sex and, and, and spending time with this person and still enjoying it, but you realize the things you don't like, um, that's something that you, a lot of people, I think, bottle up and they, they're not communicative about because, how are you supposed to tell someone, like, I don't like the way you are 100%, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, things that you, certain things that you don't enjoy, but then also, I mean, anything that, you may not be able to communicate or address just because like where you where you're at as an individual things that you're comfortable with i mean have you thought about the whole concept of like right person wrong timing i've thought about that a lot i can't say it's crossed my mind too much cuz i mean i mean especially with my last relationship i think the person I was with, I mean, I just felt so lucky to have met this person so early on in life because things so intricate about them, I was like, wow, like this person was made for me. I think the concept of soulmates crossed my mind so many times because we got along so well. Um, we had the same type of humor and of course that's like not that hard to find, but just, I don't know. I mean, I sort of, I sort of illustrated this image in my head of, um, that we were just meant to be together and no one else in the world could possibly compare. And then you think about, okay, well, if that's the right person and I met them now, then why wouldn't we be together forever? And then you think about, obviously, the reasons that you break up. And it's sort of just like, 
you're immature in these ways, you're not able to communicate in these ways. And I think so much of that has to do with us just being young and not having the experiences or the lessons that make us able to make us able to be effective in the relationship and be a good partner. So it's like, yeah, that was the right person. And I feel like we were meant to be together, but it wasn't the right timing. I think you could compare that to life in general, kind of, because, you know, if, if you look at a lot of people who grow up in, in rough areas in hard areas and they have hard lives from the time they're children, you know, um, low income families or, or any, or any other burden. Um, a lot of the time, these people grow up to be quite emotionally and mentally strong individuals just because, you know, if, if you're born into that kind of lifestyle, then you you understand how to act um, and how to take bad shit when it happens, basically. And I think if you go through several relationships, which I think, you know, I wonder what the average number of relationships a person goes through before they're married. Um but if you go through relationships and you feel like you're with these people that you truly do love, you know, and you feel like they could be soulmates, but then it ends and you have that a lot of the time unfathom, unfathomable pain, uh, maybe just because you've never felt it before. But if you go through those pain in relationships um, in life and you learn every time you learn and you learn, then maybe someday someone comes along and you just, you know how to act with them because of how many other people you've had to maybe break hearts or had your heart broken. You just understand that um, things can be hard, but things can be mended if you are communicative, are communicative uh, and are respectful of another person. It's like it kind of goes to waste because then I don't it like it helps me with that feeling of fulfillment it's like if I acknowledge when I'm happy and I make a mental note of it and like I kind of use mindfulness to sort of analyze the situation I can kind of figure out more about myself and also noting that you're happy kind of provide like validates that emotion in some ways like I and I think I have to do the same thing with negative emotions. Like, if I'm feeling down, I have to, like, like, mentally tell myself, like, Gabe, you are feeling sad right same. now. Like, why are you feeling sad? That's what, like, my thing is, yeah, like, whenever I'm obsessing over something or I feel dissociated, I feel, like, down, I'm like, okay, am I, like, actually just feeling depressed or mm -hmm. am I obsessing over something and I, like, let something get me down? Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to, I have to, like, be very conscientious of what's going on in my brain yeah but it's like if you focus too much on it then you can like you can make your own yourself into a rut. well you can also make your own feelings feel like disingenuine like you can lean into them too much like if you if you're like feeling down and then you suddenly change your course of action and everything because you're feeling down you kind of lean into it that can sort of provide confusion but it's just like if you make a mental note of it and you're like okay I'm sad and then you just continue being present like in what you're doing 
then that sadness will eventually go away. That's just how emotions And work. if you're living too much in the abstract, then, like, you aren't being present, and you're just, like, yeah. constantly running in circles or anything. That's what, that was my main thing with, like, now that I'm starting to work out again, it's, like, it's, like, a, an actual, like, thing that I'm, re- like, doing with my mm-hmm. body, like, physically. Mm-hmm. That's making me more present. And, yeah, like, sometimes I'm, like, man, I still feel dissociated, but at the same time, like, I know that it's, like, a a proven thing that mm-hmm. is something that I should be doing. Yeah. I think, uh, like, when it started to get really, really bad for me, like, dissociating, and I, I didn't even really know what that meant. Like, I didn't mm. I realize that that was a thing. When Neither it first, did Nick. Yeah, when it first started... I realized hap- about a year ago. Yeah, when it first started happening to me, I was like, what? Like, I didn't know really what that meant. And it was, like, probably, uh, like... January of uh, like right basically like right before I started dating Kara was like when it started to get really bad and then like throughout our whole relationship was like when that was first really like starting to happen to me and like I didn't understand it and then like by the end of our relationship it had just like been compounding on itself for a really long time yeah I remember and, uh, yeah. I didn't know that was what it was, but, like... She didn't really treat you like you were there, either. Yeah. She kind of... She was very caught up in her own stuff at the time. <laughs> and, like, didn't really... At the time? I mean, yeah, I don't really pay a whole lot of Has attention. Has that changed? I don't know. I don't really talk to her that much. Well, my relationship with Emily, though, it was, like, it was the complete opposite. Like, she was always giving, like, all of her effort towards me, but I was so dissociated that, like, I just, like, wasn't really, I, w- I just, like, really wasn't putting all the effort back. Yeah. And then she, like, wasn't paying attention to herself, and she's like, I can't do this anymore. I need to focus on myself. Yeah. Yeah, with Kara, it was, like, I would, like... Albeit I was, I had to, like, acknowledge to myself and, like, be honest with myself that, like, the last two months of our relationship specifically, I was, like, really hard on her in a kind of unfair way. Like, I don't think that she was completely fair to me either, but I do also think that the last two months of our relationship, I was, like, putting a lot of pressure on her to kind of, like amplify our relationship because like I guess I was just like caught up in this mindset that I was like if me and Kara um, have a bond that's more intense then I won't feel this way anymore like I'll be able to like feel more in touch with myself and like my emotions but so looking back on a past relationship I mean we talked so much about how most of our, our memories are sort of fabricated there's romantic we're romanticizing so much of our past and we're living with nostalgia and we're looking back at all these good memories and we're sort of forgetting the bad parts about it um and it it made me think about um So Maslow, Abraham Maslow, he's a psychologist. He did the Maslow's hierarchy of of needs. It's a pyramid. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it just like in basic psychology courses and stuff like that. Um, but he had this, and at the top of the pyramid in the self-actualization um, level, he talks about these peak experiences. And peak experiences are characterized by, um, I'm actually going to look it up to get like a good explanation of it. Fuck, I can't find it. Just passing time. <laughs> okay, here it is. Okay. A peak experience is a moment accompanied by a euphoric mental state often achieved by self-actualizing individuals. The concept was originally developed by Abraham Maslow in 1964, who describes peak experiences as rare, exciting, oceanic, deeply moving, exhilarating, elevating experiences that generate an advanced form of perceiving reality and are even mystic and magical in their effect upon the experimenter. So I mean, what stands out to me about that is uh, it generates an advanced form of perceiving reality. And it's, it's such an experience that is exciting and euphoric. Um, and I, just, I sort of was thinking about, you know, if we romanticize so much of our, of our past and our memories are, we're usually looking at the good things of relationships and everything. These peak experiences that were really that amazing. I mean, what is there to romanticize about these? If they're already peak experiences that are, especially if they're, if they generate an advanced form of perceiving reality. I think when you have those times in your life and you're nostalgic about them, you know, and, and time has passed and, and you maybe consider yourself a different person now. You've been different places and you've you've lost people and you've gained people. You know, you look back on that and uh, I think a lot of the time you feel like um, you'll be sad because um, things just don't feel the way they used to be. And um, you might be thinking to yourself, you know, when's the next time I'm going to have something like that? Uh, I think a lot of the time I try and remain conscious that um, being so young, I have genuinely no idea what my life will be like in the next five years, let alone two years, you know? Um, I think a lot about, like, how different a person I'll be in five years and all the people I will have met at that point and... I find it really interesting to imagine how I'll think about the way I think now when I'm older. Um, and will the peak experiences that I cherish now, uh, how much will they mean to me in the future? Well, yeah, and I mean, it's also uh, whenever you're missing a relationship, missing that, that past lover of yours, or even like uh, somebody that you used to be really good friends with that you're not friends with anymore, I mean, um, I've heard that you're supposed to think about the experience, uh, why you enjoyed that experience, what the experience gave you, and why you're missing it, rather than being so f fixated upon this person and obsessing over this person and the fact that they're not in your life anymore. Um and I mean, yeah, whenever you look at the future and like what type of person you'll be in five or 10 years, it's, 
it sort of makes it easier to think that you'll have those experiences again with either the same person or, I mean, it could be somebody that you haven't even met yet. You know, I think I, I, I heard something the other day. It was saying that one of the main goals of life uh, should be to basically improve yourself and you take the good with the bad. And obviously, it's kind of hard to take the bad sometimes because it sucks. But, um, like, all I want to do is eat Skittles all day, you know? You know, and some people do eat Skittles all day, and while they may be rather large and rotund, Skittles do taste good. So that's taking the bad with the good, you know? But, like, sometimes you need to eat things that aren't as tasty as Skittles because you need your protein and uh, all those other nutrients, you know? You know, for years I thought, I was like, nah, broccoli's not for me. But let me tell you, broccoli's pretty good. I like broccoli. So it's good. Yeah. With good. And you're always changing as a person. You know, and I think uh, when you're getting older uh, and wiser, which when you're young, uh, at the end of your adolescent years, I think you can feel that. You can feel yourself changing and, and being like, okay, well, I don't think about things the, the same way I used to. I don't really I don't really give things as much weight. I don't worry about these things as much anymore. And mm-hmm. Maybe you have to start worrying about new things, you know. Um, but it's so incremental as well. And I think a lot of the time you don't know when things are going to happen. You don't know when you're going to have a peak experience and you might not have recognized that it truly was a peak experience until after it happened. Um, you know, we... You never know a good thing until it's gone, baby. Ain't that right, sugar? <laughs> Me and you uh, were a part of a, a group of six friends about two years ago who were really close. Um, and, you know, and that was a really, I think uh, for me, that was one of the, the closest friend groups I'd ever had. And it was a great time. And I think we were all able to open up to each other. We all did deal with uh, feelings of depression and, and, and we were using drugs, you know, and, and experimenting with, with one another in different mm-hmm. ways. Um <laughs> You know, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. Oh, my nose is bleeding. But um, we also came together because we we all felt, I think, kind of uh, outcasted from other people. Um, And and we found solace in in a group. But the main point really is that uh, we don't have that group of friends anymore. It's actually been what feels like a very long time. And that kind of relationship uh, doesn't exist for me anymore. And, and I haven't felt something like that in a very long time. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's why I, I added in the, I mean, we've been talking about missing a, missing a romantic relationship that you're in or a, an ex-lover. But I mean, having a close friend, it's the same, it's the same feelings, you know? I mean, if you look at things generally, I think, um, I think it was Plato who, you know, I wouldn't be able to give you the names, but he characterized several different types of love. You know, there's a, I think there's like maybe five or six different types. And there's, there's romantic love, relationship love. But to him, some of the strongest types of love 
where like really good friendship love where you're like mm-hmm. you know, I love this friend I can really be myself with them and, and you can as, as you can with a lover you can grow with them uh, I think me and you have grown to with each other over these few years and then yeah there's that bond that just like you build that bond and there's nothing that can reverse the progress that you've made with that friend and a lot of the times you're sometimes you end up separating from a friend because of things like distance or 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 argument but i think a lot of the time uh you're not as likely to separate from being with a friend because there's not the same kind of emotional quarrels that can happen with a lover you know and i mean yeah going back to the friend group that we had i mean it was since I mean, I'm friends with most of the people within the group still, but not all of them. And also the dynamic has changed so much. Um, so much of us have changed individually and then relationships within the group between two people have changed. Um, so, I mean, even if all six of us were together in the same room hanging out, it would just feel like we were completely different people and the relationship there would just be completely different. Largely, I think, because of the things that happened, like um, two pairs of us within the six people dated each other and neither of those relationships are ongoing anymore. Um, and there's and it, also been other occurrences, you know. just And just like looking back at all the times we went camping and did all those fun things, like how we hung out, Every single weekend, it was like sort of this unspoken thing. We were just, we would always hang out every weekend. And it was just, it was this group of friends that, you know, I think none of us had really experienced something quite like that before. Mm -hmm. And I look back at it so nostalgically and I think about it as, you know, whenever I'm older, I think that's going to be the group of friends that I look back at and I'll I'll think about for the rest of my life. Because everybody's always like, oh, high school slash college, oh, those are the best times of your life. And they always look back and they, they sort of like their their eyes tilt up and they just like get lost in fantasy about uh, the times that they had back then. And they, they're probably thinking very nostalgically about the experiences they had. I think I'm going to be looking back at those moments. You know, and um, some months ago, it, it, I had a realization, you know, I, for years when people would say things like, oh, you know, the, oh, the days of high school and stuff and, and college, I never really understood what they were talking about because when I uh, tried to imagine what they were explaining... Because high school fucking sucked. Well, yeah, no, like, a lot of times everybody hates high school. You know, you think about the classes or the teachers or, or maybe the clubs or the sports that you're in. And so I never really got it. I was like, man, why would people actually romanticize that? But uh, I realized kind of recently that it's it's about the people. Um, the people are the ones that, that truly matter, and human relationships are probably one of the strongest things in life. But like this concept is about thinking about the experience that the people gave you. So, I mean, yeah, like I, I'm so quick always to think about Oh, it was about the, it was about those specific people that that you knew and that you had relationships relationships with and everything. But I feel like this is like 
I've been trying to sort of retrain my brain to look at the experiences that those people gave me instead of looking at the actual people. And I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about it. Well, that can be a healthy tool, you know. I mean, in terms of relationships, um, they say it's healthy to, you know, to analyze the experiences that you had with that person. You, you've talked to me about that uh, recently, and it's, it's you know, like I said earlier, it's the good with the bad. You have to recognize, of course, that you probably had good good times with this this relationship, but also, why did the relationship end? And you have to look at those things, and that's kind of that's kind of the brutal part of, of moving on, and you have to kind of um, ha- half of you is trying to forget the relationship, and half of you is kind of having to uh, subtly. Uh, remind yourself of the, of the negatives and why things didn't work. Well, I mean, this way of thinking sort of feels—it sort of feels slightly cynical to me, and that's—I can see that, yeah. And at first, I was like, "Well, these people are special," and I mean, while I may be able to have experiences with other people that that mean something to me, I mean, everybody is unique in their own way. And I think looking at the individual is, you know, how you should look at it because people are special. And if they weren't, then relationships, the individual relationships that you have with certain people wouldn't mean anything if those people weren't special. But it's like, it's not saying that those people aren't special. It's just saying that you can have those experiences or better experiences or basically you can enjoy yourself with other people that are different. And because, I mean, it's like whenever you're in a relationship and you're in super deep, you're expecting to be with them indefinitely for long periods of time, maybe forever. You're like, okay, this person is meant for me. They're my soulmate. They're everything right for me, whatever. And And whenever you break up with that person, you don't know where you are. I mean, like we were saying, it's like they're with them, you're a whole, and then they're gone, and you feel empty. You're only a half of a person. I think this way of thinking sort of, I mean, it allows you to not be devastated when they're gone, and you you can still be complete on your own. There's a good uh, Ween song. His lyrics go, do you ever walk alone like you a know, drifter in the dark? Whenever you said there's a good Ween song, that's kind of where I stopped listening. <laughs> hey, buddy, you want to take this outside? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, huh, okay, I know what he's going to say now. Probably isn't true. I mean, obviously, Ween's the best band of all time, but but moving on, you know. Better than um, the Beatles. It's bigger than Jesus Christ. Uh no. Ween will end world hunger and you know solve all problems of humanity. That's that's my take on it. Ocean man, take me Ocean by the hand, man. lead me to the take land that you understand. <laughs> Fuck, dude, that song is something else. End of the SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> movie, dude. All right. Well, what else have we got to discuss here? Okay, so I mean, on the we were talking about Maslow. And on Maslow's Pyramid, one of the other levels, I believe it's right above physiological needs, um, 
which is like the most basic. The next one is love and belonging. Um, you know, and with love and belonging, it can, that can, what can fit in there? It could be, no, you know, romantic love. Are you having the intimacy and the, um, devotement and everything from one person that you need? Are you having an intimate relationship physically with somebody on a regular basis? And are you, are you, are those needs being met? But it can also talk about sort of belonging to a group um, at work or with a friend group. Or, I mean, like, uh, I was listening to a podcast last week about it's, it was talking about in this peer, in this level of the pyramid, it talks about um, people in the military, you know, like in their platoon. Um, or on warships, or, I mean, wherever they're stationed, the groups that you're with, you're in close quarters with them for long periods of time. You don't really have any contact with the outside world, for the most part, at least. And that just builds this bond between these people that is, you know, unparalleled. And that gives people more um, of this feeling or like what, you know, what you can attribute to this level of the pyramid than anything else. Um, Belonging is, um, you know, I, I think it's a, it's an interesting subject. I think me and you can relate to the feeling of, of not necessarily feeling like we belong um, in our place in life or where we are. Um, I have things about that relate to that, such as my nationality or, um, you know, sometimes you just don't feel like you're on the same wavelength as people. Uh, and I feel like when you feel like you don't belong, um, maybe with your family or with your friends or, or in your environment, basically as broad as that is, uh, I think that can lead to feelings of uh, sadness and depression and you feel like you can't really love anything because you're not trusting um, because you feel like nobody trusts you uh, you feel like your voice isn't heard and sometimes your thoughts don't matter well I mean we talked about um, sometimes you, you just want to be desired a lot of times you just want affection you want to be desired. You want to feel affection. You want to feel like you belong to either a group or in a relationship between two people. If you feel like you belong in that relationship and you feel welcomed by the other person, and it makes you feel like you have a higher purpose because that other person, you know, your your presence, your existence it affects that other person greatly, and that says so much. I think when someone um, looks at you and treats you and talks to you and loves you in, in such a way so as to so as to notice you, to, to recognize your personality and your existence, 
you know, not only does it really make you fulfilled, of course, I think it's probably one of the most fulfilling things, but it, it just makes you feel, um, I think, in a way, at ease. Um, and when you don't have that in life, it makes you... Um, You definitely feel broken. You don't feel whole, you know. Um, and, I mean, you definitely romanticize the experiences in your past where you did feel that, or at least where you remember feeling that. And I'd say you most often feel that in the romantic relationships that you've experienced. And I definitely think about my past relationships and I'm like, well, the most content that I've felt, the most desired and loved I've ever felt was whenever I was with another person and I was in that relationship. And you start to look back on those moments and you worry that you won't ever feel that way again. It's definitely, um, it's the kind of thing, you know, um, where an old person, an older person, you know, like we were saying, who's more experienced with love and with life. You know, I, I think I've had this experience multiple times where like, oh, you know, stop worrying about it. And you're like, well, you know, I'm not, not really worrying about it. I'm not fretting over it. But you do, you definitely do think about like, not having the love that you did once. And, and you feel alone and you're, you're sort of longing. I mean, sometimes you are longing for that specific person and you miss that relationship. And I think like you, you were saying, it's cynical. You have a cynical view of your own future. Yeah. And I mean, like sometimes you're, you're, you're longing for that specific person, but then sometimes you're just, you know, you're longing for the future and you're like, okay, well in the future, no matter what happens, Someday that person will come along that will stick with me because it's like with me, everybody that I've ever been in like a serious relationship with, um, that I loved, that I wanted to be with indefinitely, that, you know, like a, a serious relationship where I was actually devoted um, and I was committed to that relationship, all of those relationship, relationships that I've been in they weren't ended by me. It was not a two-sided thing. They, I was broken up with and I got my heart broken. So it makes me super cynical about the future. And I'm like, I mean, part of me is like, okay, well, inevitably one day I will be with that person who will stay with me. Um, oh, it's raining hard outside. Nice. Um, I, I was like, I'm so part of me is like, okay, one day I will find that person that will want to be with me forever. And I'll, you know, I won't feel alone anymore. And that will be it. And the rest of my life will be just be good. But then I'm like, okay, well, I mean, there's nothing that says that. I mean, I could meet somebody one day. We could get married, whatever. But then there's nothing saying that that person isn't going to get tired of me. Or it's just like not going to work out. So, I mean, I think, I think as humans, we, we crave certainty and security and that's why so, so many of us just like crave the day where we can get married and like have the rest of our life figured out. And I think, um, 
you know, maybe me or you don't really know truly what it's like to actually love someone that you were going to marry, but maybe I think a lot of time it's it's not a snap thing. You know, life isn't set for you as soon as you marry someone. No, I mean, like, with my last relationship, I really did see myself, you know, I, I never really thought about marriage, I guess, but I could really see myself being with the person forever because that's just how serious I was about it and how great I felt about the connection that we had. I think in, in contrast to what you were saying about having your heart broken, I myself have um, always been a heartbreaker. I haven't been broken up with. And um, to me, I can have a cynical outlook on uh, on my future life and relationships because I feel like um, what if I just have a string of relationships where I have my fun and enjoy it, but then I, I have that, that desire again to be alone and I don't... Uh, don't want to be anymore and I have to break another heart, you know, that makes you feel, you know, even though I consider myself, a, I think, a good person, I would hope, uh, it makes you feel sometimes immeasurably guilty and uh, kind of um, fucking makes you feel pretty low as a human, I think. I mean, for me, I think the way I've only recently started looking at it, I'm like, okay, of course I'm still going to worry sometimes that I'm not going to find that person that is just right for me and I'm going to want to be with forever or it's going to the person that's going to want to be with me forever. But I think all I can do right now is become the person that I'm able to be very proud of, the person that I know somebody is going to want to be with, and somebody that's going to be able to really nurture a relationship and care for somebody and always make them feel desired in the relationship and I think in turn if I'm nurturing them making them feel desired and content in the relationship then if they feel that way and they love me then it can only be reciprocated you know and I think I I want to take a more active approach to it instead of being just filled with worry and sort of closing myself up to any possibility of a future relationship, sort of hiding from possible suitors, I guess. I mean, like, and I mean, because it's so easy to live in fear and not get yourself back out there or even get back with somebody who you really love because they hurt you. It's like, I mean, if you're using an active approach and always bettering yourself, then, I mean, you won't really have to live in fear and, like, try to hide yourself from pain because if you're always bettering yourself and making yourself a better person, someone that's better able to deal with anything that comes your way, then, I mean, you'll be okay no matter what, and you'll be better for the things that 
the things that hurt you and the things that really test your strength and your wisdom, I guess, if you could call it wisdom. I think, you know, just due to the unpredictability of life, um, you know, we talked about how there, there must be several people out there who are just who are great for you, but, um, you know, uh, what if that person is great for you when you're 25 or when you're 10 years older or when you're 20 years older and, and you might go through several people before then. And it's hard to wait. You're like, oh, I want it now. But then like you sort of sometimes just have to let go and you're like, okay, the things that are going to happen to me will happen the way that they're supposed to. And I think it's not healthy to um, to deny yourself love, you know, it, if you go through several relationships and you end up breaking up with them just because things didn't work out, but you still have, that's the age old question. Is it better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all? You know, that's a whole debate, but. And I think we should address that in another episode. I think that'd be good. I have it written down here. For, no, that's, that's episode. Oh yeah, for episode idea. Is it better to have loved and lost or never to have loved at all? And then under that, it's the experience versus inexperience. You know, I mean, uh, I think thinking of thinking of life as a silly fantasy, which sometimes I, I do, I think. Uh, I feel like an older person might say to a younger person, you know, while you're young and fit, just have fun, like do what you can and enjoy it because soon you'll you'll be old and maybe tied down and, and not be not have as, as flexible a life. Um, of course, many of us these days are are weighed down by our own consciousnesses and, and uh, feelings of alienation. Um, but we're living like old, dried up fucks, and we're still very young. Because we, we let things get to us. like You know, and I'm not like a macho guy. I don't try and, and go out and, and find girls. I mean, I don't really have a lot of opportunity to do that just in my environment. You offer to rub suntan lotion on every babe you see at Burton Springs? I'm like, uh, hey, baby, are you looking for a, a big, strong man? You're looking mighty fit today, baby. <laughs> Johnny Bravo. <laughs> okay, well, I, I think... This is, you know, all the time we have for this week, but we'll be back next week with another. And uh, we're just flowing with ideas and things to explore. All right. Well, that was a good one. We'll see you next time. And you'll see us in your dreams, baby. Always keep in watch. <laughs> <So good. laughs>